Welcome to the very first episode of the Platform to Perform podcast, the podcast for athletes, coaches, and anyone looking to perform at their highest level. If performance is your goal, we aim to provide you with a platform to perform. In today's episode, I'll be talking about experiences that I learned during my 2016 internship with the GB Boxing Strength and Conditioning Team, what I would do if I had my time all over again as an amateur boxer, and the mistakes I made not knowing what I know now. If you'd like to support the podcast, then please head over to my Patreon page, which you can find at www.patreon.com forward slash Todd Davidson P2P Coaching. Without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Hi guys, in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about practical applications for the conditioning of boxers. So to give you a brief outline, I'm going to start by analyzing uh, and defining the demands of the sport. I'm going to talk about periodization and planning, so a fancy way of organizing your training. And then finally, talk about the science behind the energy systems and why we need this scientific approach. I'll try and give examples of each of the types of energy system training that I uh go over and if you've got any questions then feel free to email me at todd.davidson2011 at gmail.com so firstly demands of the sport although it's a uh, it, although the rounds take place over three minutes there's a high contribution from the anaerobic system as lactate values in the literature have been found anywhere upwards of 18 millimoles what that means is that it requires us to be extremely explosive and for durations of time that allow us to produce a lot of lactate. First thing to say about lactate is producing lactate is not necessarily a bad thing. If you've got an athlete who can produce high levels of lactate, they are clearly extremely very powerful. What is important though is that athletes have the ability to buffer this lactate. So if you've ever experienced your muscles burning uh, or you feel like you're in the ring and you feel like you need to take a breather and start sort of boxing at range because you cannot clear this burning sensation that indicates an inability to uh, clear or buffer lactate. Lactate is a waste product that is produced as a result of anaerobic metabolism but can be reshuttled or buffered in order to be converted back into energy. So in terms of performance in the ring we need to ask ourselves are our training methods allowing the athletes the ability to train to improve performance? If you've got a boxer who is not fit enough, it doesn't matter how good the technical coach is, they're not going to be able to execute the technical demands of the sport. There's also obviously a need for a powerful aerobic system because the aerobic system is what allows us to recover in between bouts of high intensity exercise, in between the rounds and in between training days. So as boxers, we need both a well-conditioned aerobic system, which is, any, is involved in any sport that's over a minute long, and we also need a high con highly conditioned anaerobic system, which is anywhere from powerful short duration bursts, anywhere up to 30 seconds. As I said, data clearly shows that heart rates are above 80% of maximum when we're boxing. So what this means is that aerobic fitness is key. Uh, on the contrary, if you are one of those boxers, who I certainly was, who loves their long distance running, if you're doing this to get fitter, your heart rate is going to be nowhere near 80% of maximum. You are not training the demands of your sport. It's going to act as nothing more than a tool to make weight, which you, if you're doing that, you should probably look to your diet first, but it's not going to be helping you in your boxing itself. 
So periodization and planning or a fancy way of organizing your training. So typically speaking, your conditioning uh, that is done outside of the ring should be in opposition to that that you do inside the ring. So what do I mean by that? I mean that further away from a fight, your general, because you're in a general preparation phase, your conditioning outside the ring should be where you get most of your conditioning from. Whereas your sparring in the ring uh, should simply be a means of going over technical stuff. If you're 16 weeks out from a fight, there is no point you being absolutely blitzed in sparring when you could be getting this conditioning outside of the ring. But why is it important to get conditioning outside of the ring? Why can't we just use sparring or boxing in itself to get fit? The reason for this is that more muscles are going to be involved in something like sprinting or sprint interval training than in the ring. If Also, it's very hard to quantify or to uh, qualify exactly how much intensity you're going to be using in the ring. If I was to get back into boxing now, I would be ridiculously technically inefficient and uh, my heart rate would certainly be a lot higher. Whereas if you box someone who is technically efficient and moves around the ring gracefully, they're going to be at a much lower heart rate. So it's much harder to overload something when it's specific. On the contrary, however, if we use general training, we can ramp up the heart rate much higher than what it might be in the ring. We can overload the cardiovascular system, which means overall we are not just improving, for example, the gears we've got, but also the size of our engine. When we get closer to fighting, that's when the general work, so the stuff outside a ring, has to take a back seat and you're hoping to use this improved level of conditioning in your sparring. You Ultimately, I would say it boils down to this. You don't box to get fit. You need to be fit to box. So I personally prefer having uh, a concurrent periodization approach. What this means is that you're not training any given thing solely at one time. Now, the reason for this is because as boxing, you as boxers, you need to work on all parts of the equation consistently. Now, you've got three energy systems, your ATP PC system, which works between uh, which works between zero to 12 seconds, depending on what you've read. Your glycolytic system. So this is the system that produces lactate and still works anaerobically. What that means is that exercise of this intensity or of this duration is not sustainable. You can't keep this pace up because you're using unsustainable resources. So the glycolytic system lasts anywhere from eight seconds to two minutes and anywhere upwards of one minute is the oxidative or the aerobic system. Now you may be thinking, hang on a minute, some of those uh, values you've just said don't like really mix. A lot of people in and in traditionally old energy systems textbooks, the systems are almost written as if one system switches off and then one switches on at certain time points. This is not true. It depends entirely on the intensity that you are at. And the truth is it's more, the analogy I would use is it's more closer to a dimmer switch in that all systems are working at all times, just to varying levels. As boxers, are you gonna want a powerful, are you gonna wanna be powerful in short duration? So not six second bursts, yes. This is where your knockout punches are going to come. Are you going to want to be able to stay to sustain attacks, for example, in the 20 to 30 second range when you've got your boxer pinned up against the ropes and you may well be producing high levels of lactate? Yes. Are you going to want to be able to recover efficiently, but not just between uh, attacks in the ring, but in between rounds and in between training days? Yes. So ultimately, you need all three energy systems in as uh, to be as well conditioned as you can. Final note on that as well is that speed is a skill. So 
Me now, if I went back into boxing, you would see my punches coming three weeks away because I've not trained speed in a very long time. Boxers need to sprint. They need to be exposed to an explosive stimulus. Even from a hamstring conditioning perspective, the biggest risk of hamstring injuries is high speed running. So you need to be conditioned to this and you need, in my opinion, an element of speed work at least once a week. If you are training to endure speed, which for me is what boxing is, it's a repeated sprint sport, at first you need to get fast. You cannot endure a quality you don't have. So start with pure speed sessions when you're further out from competition. This might look like something like five sets of 30 meters with three minute recovery between each 30 meter effort. Now for boxers who are used to resting a minute, I know this feels like forever, but the truth is if we were to measure all your speed, if you were sprinting with uh, anything less than a full one minute recovery per 10 meters, your speed is gonna slow down. Now there are points when we do want repeated speed and we're seeing how much we can hold on to this speed, but we need to get fast first. So in terms of my principles when it comes to energy systems, as I said, develop the power, then learn to endure it. Uh, when we're talking about capacity, we're talking about how much you can tolerate. Power is how fast you can go. So for example, uh, a repeated speed session would be seeing how well you can tolerate or how well you can maintain your speed. Capacity is about developing potential. When we've got power, aerobic power, this improves our rate of recovery. When we've got anaerobic power, this improves our high intensity work rate. So here are some example sessions. Again, these are not a periodized plan. These are not, this is Todd Davidson's plan. This is the best ever plan for every situation. These are just some example sessions. So low intensity aerobic work, this is your steady state run. Uh, so for example, it might be a 20 to 40 minute steady state run. This is gonna be about a three out of 10 difficulty. Might be six minutes on, one minute off, row, cycle, whatever. Again, can be very general work. Uh, six 600s with a 40, 45 second recovery or 10 400s off a two minute 30 turnaround. Again, this type of work for boxers, I would only use as a weight management tool. Realistically, if you're boxing, you already have the capacity to do this work. Now, on the flip side, if I was to go back into boxing, so my background at the moment, I'm training for powerlifting, so it's uh, a sport where you're doing one rep, squat, bench, dead, uh, deadlift, so the energy system involvement isn't as much about the boxers. Now, if I went back into boxing, I might need this low intensity, steady state work. This is building up uh, a network of capillaries or the appropriate blood vessels to help with oxygen transportation. But if you're boxing regularly, you don't need this. You could also do extended technical rounds. So four plus minute rounds working at a lower intensity. But again, in my opinion, unless you're new to boxing, this isn't really appropriate. You're never gonna box at that low an intensity when you're in the ring. This is more just for general work, ticking over, maybe weight management. Uh, next thing is high intensity aerobic work. What does it look like outside of the ring? This might be something like 15 seconds on, 15 seconds off times 10 with a one minute rest and repeat that twice more. Might be 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off times five, two minute rest, repeat twice more. So again, you're looking to uh, you're, you're looking for the aerobic system to be the key driver. This is why recovery is or a one-to-one -one work ratio. Ratio, as an example, uh, there's not going to be full recovery between the reps, and even the rest in between rounds doesn't allow for full recovery. But it does allow you to gradually push up the intensity of that aerobic system. Uh, this, for me, is done pretty well in boxing, and it's the predominant form I see of training on the back, uh, rings 
uh, pads and the bags. Boxers tend to do this well. They tend to have well-conditioned aerobic systems. From what I've seen, it's when, as soon as you touch lactate or the higher intensity work, that boxers go in the pain cave and tend to fall apart. Boxers tend to be, by and large, decent aerobic athletes. A lot of running, it's traditional in the sport. Um, but as I said, the shorter interval stuff is where it seems to hurt. So aerobic development uh, could be looking at anywhere from six to 10 weeks, three to four times a week, 20 to 40 minutes, mixture of low intensity and high intensity work. Uh, if you're first starting off, you may look to increase the volume of work or you could go down the intensity belt. Again, this depends on the type of athlete you're working with. Myself, if I was to go back into boxing, I would definitely need the volume work. Anything over a minute, I'm breathing out my ass. If you're a boxer who's been boxing regularly, you probably want to focus on the intensity of the work. You can also monitor heart rate recovery between bouts of exercise as this will show you how well you are recovering between a given workload. And also you can use something called critical velocity. Critical velocity is the maximum speed that you can travel without tapping into your anaerobic system. So it's your maximal sustainable pace, if you will. If you increase your maximal sustainable pace, then your output uh, in each round is going to be higher and you're going to be forcing your opponent to potentially work using their anaerobic system, which will soon see them um, blow a gasket, as it were. Uh, the analogy I would use is if you compare the, uh, the aerobic system is effectively your salary, if you will. Your anaerobic system is your overdraft. So whilst it's nice to have a big overdraft, ideally we have a big salary and we want money coming in pretty quickly so we don't go bankrupt. Uh, going bankrupt is the energy system equivalent of... Uh, expending all your energy too soon, too quickly, and now you've so you're paying for it because you are basically out of gas. So anaerobic energy system conditioning. So we've got lactate tolerance and lactate production. Lactate production is where you're trying to ramp up lactate values as high as possible, and you're going to give your boxers pretty much full recovery. You're seeing what is the best output they can uh, put out for a 20 to 30 second effort. You're not really concerned about chopping the rest down because you just want to drive that intensity as high as possible. As I said earlier, if you've got boxers who can put out decent output for 20 to 30 seconds and ramp their lactate up, this is a good thing. That means they're going to be able to put it on their opponent pretty well when it comes to fight night. But we also, on the flip side of that, need to develop lactate tolerance. So this is your ability to buffer lactate or to shuttle it and use it as uh, an effective uh, effective source of energy. So lactate tolerance compared to lactate production. Lactate production, you're getting much longer recoveries. Lactate tolerance might look something like uh, five 300 meter runs with a two minute rest between. Again, the rest is still relatively high in boxing terms, but if you do these sessions well, you're gonna need it. Lactate production, on the other hand, might be something like five sets of 300 meters with uh, five minutes recovery between bouts. So you need to develop the ability to produce lactate and then, in my opinion, the ability to tolerate lactate. So anaerobic, uh, anaerobic systems development. Why can't we just get this from our boxing? As I said earlier, the biggest, uh, fact, the biggest concern is that there's not enough muscle group utilization. If you go for a 30-second max-out sprint around the track, you might get anywhere from 200 meters upwards and you are going to be struggling, you're going to be in the pain cave, you are going to be... Uh, you're going to have that white lung feeling and this hel helps to ramp up cell signaling and helps your body adapt to this high intensity. 
If we compare that to boxing, yes, you could punch for 30 seconds, and yes, it would be very hard, but I would argue it's more closer to high-intensity aerobic work, and the work, as I said, becomes uh, not attuned to improving our anaerobic system. So if you're going to do anything outside of the gym, your anaerobic work, so that's your repeated speed type stuff, or your lactate work. I would also recommend looking into sprint interval training. Uh, any work by Dr. Alan Ruddock or uh, Gabala, any of their research shows that it can be extremely effective in short bouts of time. Again, that's probably a topic for uh, a podcast in itself. Anaerobic development, again, we want a mixture of lactate tolerance and lactate production. You can do this in block work, so you might go three weeks of lactate production followed by three weeks of lactate tolerance. You're going to increase the intensity of work. So, for example, can you run a 400 meter faster? And you might gradually increase the work done. So you might go from 20 seconds on, five minutes off, 30 seconds on, five minutes off, 40 seconds on, five minutes off. That'd be a lactate um, production example. Equally with tolerance work, you might go the other way. You might go five 300s with a five minute rest in week one, same but four minute rest in week two, three minute rest in week three, two minute rest in week four just as an example. Um, finally, we're going to talk about speed and developing it inside and outside the ring. So as I said, speed is as a neuromuscular quality needs to be trained regularly. It is a highly, uh, highly developed skill. And this is something that often doesn't get given credit for. So what does it look like outside of the ring? It might be something like six 30 meter sprints on four minutes. So on four minutes, what I mean by that is every four minutes you do a 30 meter sprint. That's pure speed because the rest between the uh, work intervals is quite long or is quite long compared to what boxers are useful used to. You want full recovery between these reps. Uh, in boxing, you need to do the drills that allow maximal speed. So if you're doing something like an eight minute round to improve conditioning, what are you actually doing? Because the intensity is much going to be much lower than a three minute round. Just the same way as Usain Bolt can't sprint a marathon and you need the rest to get faster. Now, if we're looking at repeated speed, that's when the rest starts to come down, but we're still asking the boxers to try and be as fast as possible. Now, they won't actually be as fast as possible, but we're looking how well they can endure that speed quality. This might be something like six times 30 meter sprints um, with a walk back recovery and with uh, one to two minute rest between rounds. So speed development, definitely need to be doing this at least once a week. You need to expose your hamstrings to that high speed stress and you need to expose your body to the intent to be explosive and fast at least once a week. Otherwise, you're just losing this quality very quickly. Uh, in terms of setting up your speed work, definitely better in groups. If you've got that intensity to beat your opponent um, over the line, that's definitely going to help. This needs to be at the start of a training week or off the back of a lighter day. There's no point training speed at the end of the week when you're completely flogged. It's an, as I said, neuromuscular quality. You need to be fresh in order to get fast. Nobody got fast by running slow. Uh, so final, final things to wrap up. You need to train all the energy systems at some point. So both your energy systems that last from your 0 to 6 second burst, so that's your ATP, PC, that's your stuff for pure speed. Your uh, glycolytic system, or the lactic acid system, if you will, and your aerobic system. 
don't think that just because you're doing three minutes on, one minute off for however many rounds you're doing, that is, is the best thing for you to do. Yes, it's specific, but if we use Usain Bolt as an example, do we think that Usain Bolt trains for his 100 meters by doing one 100 meters and then calling it a day? Of course he does. He breaks it down into acceleration, speed endurance, and max velocity phases. Just the same way a boxer should uh, might be looking to break his session down, his weekly or monthly cycle down into some high intensity aerobic work, some form of lactate work, some form of speed work. So if you take anything away from this presentation, understand that one training system doesn't rule them all. Just because you're replicating what you're doing in your sport, and yes, it might be specific, doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it's the best thing for you to be doing. And finally, the further away from the fight you are, the more general you can go with your uh, conditioning work, the closer to your fight you're getting, that's when you need to be specific. When I was part of the GB boxing team going into the 2016 Olympics, uh, one of the boxers said to me, I used to want to be the fittest and the strongest boxer, but then I realized if you can't hit the person in front of you, that strength and conditioning doesn't matter. And as much as it pained me to admit it, she was right. So make sure your conditioning's on point, Make sure your boxing and strength and conditioning coaches are talking to each other so that both don't decide to go high volume, high intensity in the same week. Hope you found this useful. Any questions I've left unanswered, drop me an email, todd with two d's dot davidson2011 at gmail.com or check out my Facebook page, Todd Davidson P2P Coaching. That's Todd with two d's. Or follow me on Instagram, all one word, Todd with two d's. So Todd Davidson P2P Coaching. And that's to the number two. Thank you for tuning in, guys. And I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to episode one of the Platform to Perform podcast with myself, Todd Davidson. If you've enjoyed the show, feel free to leave me a review on iTunes. And if you're in a position to support the podcast or you simply want to access products that I've created via my Patreon, such as an eight-week conditioning program for boxers, then you can head over to my Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Todd Davidson P2P Coaching. Equally, if you want to check out more of my content, such as blogs, podcasts, or just get in touch, then head over to my website, www.p2pcoaching.co.uk. I'll catch you again in episode two of the Platform to Perform podcast, where I'll be discussing strength and conditioning considerations for the youth female athlete. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Catch you in the next episode.